0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Trash, Trash or Treasure, Treasure, the podcast where Kim and Amy bring you spoiler-free recaps, reviews, and sometimes recommendations for whatever we read that week. Amy, what
1: did we read this week? We listened to
0: Bring Ag- You to the Dark Side. Ooh,
1: Agatha Christie's The Moving Finger, read by Richard E. Grant.
0: Less. Would you like me to do the spoiler-free recap?
1: It's a mystery. You need yeah, to. I should. <laughs> it's really true. I could say it's set in the 1940s. It's I, set right after World War II because yeah, he's the main character. Is in, he's recovering his, he's from a flying accident. Yeah.
0: I am going to do really broad strokes because it is a – Mystery, so mm-hmm. you can't get too deep into it. But also, I don't know. Part of me goes: At what point has something has the statute of limitations on spoilers expired? It's the Moving Finger. It was written a really long time ago, and has <clears throat> been adapted into seventy bazillion different radio plays and movies. BBC
1: yes. the Christie adaptations. Mm,
0: but on the off chance that you've never engaged with the Moving Finger, here is a spoiler-free recap our main character whose name I can't recall because I don't remember names Jerry Jerry was in an accident he was a pilot in the war and he had a crash and the doctors have said you will probably be able to walk again but you're really going to need to take it easy you need no excitement you need to convalesce very slowly and so you need to go somewhere very boring and just get very (laughs) invested in the small town gossip life okay and so he and his sister whose name is Joanna they go to a a little town in england and they rent a house off a little old lady who has done poorly at the stock market or something there's like she a has. totally it's unnecessary so de- detail anyway while there they discover that the town they receive a letter an anonymous letter that basically just says i don't think your brother and sister i think she's uh,
1: that your, painted trollop yes your painted
0: lady friend blah 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 so it turns out that they find out A lot of people in the town have been receiving these anonymous letters and then... Someone dies. Dun, 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 And that's it. Anything else is a spoiler. Because of the death, people start actually taking the anonymous letter And they all, like, seriously. there's no smoke without fire. Yes, that's kind of the catchphrase of which, the novel. Which kind of suggests if people are receiving these anonymous letters, something must be going on. But the anonymous letters are a bit strange in the way that they're being delivered and constructed and blah, 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 blah. So basically it's a whodunit.
1: Who it's, killed? It's a whodunit. Who killed, or why did that person die? Who killed so and so? It is first person perspective, yes. so we're in Jerry's head, Correct. but it is branded as a Miss Marple.
0: Yeah, which is interesting. So hilariously, when I've when I watched it, and I've probably watched it more frequently than I've read it, and I watched it as a part of the BBC Geraldine McGowan series of
1: called Marple. Yeah, I think it was like two thousand and seven yeah. or something.
0: I don't know that I had ever actually read the story. I think I had always engaged with I it through it her. I read first because it
1: has two characters in it who one's spelt the way my name is spelt and yes. one is Joanna and that's yes, my sister's, sister's name. name. So we were like, Ooh! Yay, we're in a
0: novel. <laughs> I was surprised upon actually engaging with the text, the novel text, even through an audiobook, that Miss Marple's in it for 30 seconds at the end.
1: Miss Marple gets sort of called in as an expert by the Reverend's wife, who's a reoccurring character. Thirty in seconds some...
0: in the end, and even Hang on, let she me gets finish my reoccurring in.
1: character thing. Okay, she just there's a, characters you would have met. There's a Mrs. Dane Calthrop who appears in a couple other yeah. Marple novels. Yes, so Miss Marple, thirty seconds at the end is always knitting, which always I love knitting her so much. and not
0: and really and because it's first person and you're inside Jerry's head, you very like she's he barely takes any notice of her. <laughs> so as a result, the reader doesn't really get to engage with her very much it's funny that she is that it's a marple so it's definitely not if you are thinking about oh, i love miss marple and i want to read me another miss marple this is not a miss marple <laughs> it's not don't read this one <laughs> so that's it the end ha, done
1: so Spoiler quick after three. last week's
0: yeah oh god last week was a mess go would you amy What are your thoughts about the Richard E. Grant audiobook version of The Moving Finger slash the story as a whole?
1: I enjoyed the performance of the audiobook. Hmm. I thought he did quite a good job at all the different voices and all the different characters Hmm. and it was easy to sort of follow who was who and it got the tone of this sort of little gossipy village and how I pictured the characters having read it Hmm. in my mind. But I don't know if I'd actually recommend – The story, because it is quite slow, it takes a long time for things to happen. Like, if you watch the film version, it takes about 20 minutes before the first person dies. But in this, it's probably about half of the story. It's short. It's a five-hour audiobook, and the average audiobook is eight, so it's quite short. So you're about two and a half hours in at normal speed before anyone dies. Yeah. So, it suited my mood of sitting there and crocheting like Miss Marple, but I think that if you are driving and listening to an audiobook person, you might get a bit bored. Yeah.
0: It depends how much of it you can consume in one sitting. I agree. So if you were able to consume it in two sittings, so sit for two and a half hours, listen to your audiobook, do a puzzle, whatever is the other thing that you're doing. Do something else to
1: occupy you while you listen to the first half. That's how everybody
0: (laughs) listens to an audiobook, Amy. Amy's advice to people about audiobooks is always use the audiobook to also be doing something else. If we were sitting there with nothing else to do, We'd read a physical book. So the mere fact that someone has <sighs> chosen an audiobook means their hands are otherwise occupied.
1: Sometimes I've read an audiobook lying down in bed because I just can't be bothered reading the book. I'm too tired and I've I just want Stephen Fry to read Harry Potter to me so I don't have to look at it. That's hilarious. I, the only time I've ever sat
0: still... I think you're making else. sweeping
1: judgments. Some people might enjoy sitting still doing nothing tweet, else but listening.
0: Tweet us. I would be fascinated to know what the what the statistics are one way right. or another. Right. Let's get back to the point. The we promised point, a shorter episode. The point, true. The point is if you can consume it in kind of two, maybe maximum three sittings.
1: Yeah, that's what I do. I
0: think it's... It's okay and it moves at an okay pace. Okay. I was it, unable to do that because I'm very much pick up, put down, pick up, put down. It has a
1: clear act one, act two, act three structure. Certainly.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I found it a bit slow.
1: It's got a massive – because it's set in a little gossipy village, it's got a really big sort of ensemble cast of yeah. characters – and they are – it does get a little bit confusing keeping track of them and I don't think all of and them their are their relationships important. to each
0: other, no. And I think I find that easier to do in a written version of a book than in an audiobook. I find it harder to keep everybody and their relationships straight mm. if I'm listening to it than if I'm reading it.
1: So this is – because I because I I've read it, it, it's an interesting question about does a mystery that isn't acted out as a radio drama, which are always abridged, yes. they, they pull out all the extraneous Absolutely. stuff and they just perform it, does Does it work as well, when it's a little village mystery, when you're listening to it, as when you can flip through it quicker in a book? And I don't know if it does. Mm. I think it would be a good radio drama. And we've listened to the radio drama because that's much, much quicker. I think it's only a two hour.
0: It's two hours. We used to listen to it when we commuted home from out west when we used to teach out there. I agree with all the things you're saying. So what's what's your summary?
1: my summary is the audiobook suited the mood I was in, which was slow and just doing your crochet stuff. <laughs> yeah, just not wanting to be massively engaged in something, but mm. wanting to have my brain elsewhere. But I don't think the story delivered as an audiobook is very gripping. Like, you've got to wait a long time. It does get interesting as it goes on and as they're trying mm. to solve what's happening. Mm. But when you bring Marple in in the last 30 seconds, it's more than that, but she she's a cameo. She's like a total spot cameo. Hitchcock. There he is, and she looks at it and goes, "Oh yes, I can tell you who did it."
0: And and I'm going to put a few things in place to sort it out. But it happens literally
1: off stage. You wonder. Well, then what's the point of all the other stuff that's been happening? Yes, but what Agatha Christie has done. If you're a big Christie listener or Probably primarily (laughs) Reader, She has those first-person narrators who are often unreliable. So if you've read a lot of Christy, you can't trust the first person. So that might add, like if you're listening to this for the first time, you might actually find that quite interesting because you might not know if you can trust the narrator. Yeah. I don't think we've spoiled that at all. No, I would agree. Because I would say in a considerable portion of hers, you can't. Yeah. You don't know who you can trust. Mm. So... eh. Eh, I think that's my recommendation. Eh, eh. Don't run over yourself, but if I need to like just not do anything in the future I'll listen to it again. Okay. The performance was good. Yeah. It was, that's it. was a well delivered audiobook.
0: Yeah, that is true. Kimberly. <gasps> yes, Amy.
1: How did you feel about the moving finger as audiobook?
0: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> It was... I agree with everything that you are saying. I felt like... And it probably wasn't helped by the fact that I have already... You know the Consumed story. the narrative, yeah. yeah. So that bit wasn't gripping. I thought his performance was great. I enjoyed the first probably third of it actually more because I was enjoying his performance. But then after two hours in, I'm like, well, okay, I've, I think I've got my fill of that. Thanks, Richard. And then it still has a long time to go. So... <laughs> I, by the end of it, I was left with a deep, deep desire to go and rewatch the the Marvel Geraldine McEwen. <laughs> Geraldine McEwen series. I can't in good conscience recommend something that made me want to go and engage with what I feel is a better iteration of that narrative.
1: <laughs> That's fair.
0: So I think it's probably a no on the recommendation from me. Did I enjoy it? Sure. Are there much better audiobook murder mysteries? Absolutely. And so I didn't find it offensive. It wasn't horrible. I didn't turn it off halfway. Like it kept me company for like a bunch of sittings while I sewed. But the thing for me is always when I then transition into like the kitchen or to do something else and I have to kind of move it with me, what do I do? And with this one, it took me a while to get through because. In a lot of cases, I would swap to music or something. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it wasn't driving me to want to hear the rest out more. of it. I need to find out more. Yeah, so I think for my money, the Geraldine McEwan one does a better job, and she's so in it for longer.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think that it's adapted to be a proper. Marple. I'm starting to think that for Marple – for not Marple, but for Agatha Christie. My favourite forms of consumption are actually radio play.
0: Oh, me too, absolutely. But there, I've there are actually a lot of them on YouTube. Did you know that? No. A lot of the BBC ones are available on YouTube. That's how I listen to. I oh, went that, through. This feels like it's an illicit thing. I'm not. I don't know. I'm not in charge of YouTube. I'm not using a VPN or anything. Like I'm not doing They're anything illegal. It's just on YouTube. So. I don't know, maybe if the BBC are listening to this, they can go and sort that out, but feel free. I'm, I'm and not. also,
1: BBC, if you're listening to this, go back through and uh, can you please adapt Mr Cavendish, I presume, into a TV series? Yeah, that or would be great. Actually, the, the BBC would do that well. The, and also the Colleen McCulloch, Mary Bennett. Yeah, let's make that happen. So, BBC, yeah. if you're listening, get onto some of our adaptation recommendations. Thank
0: you, and get someone from legal onto the YouTube yeah. versions of the Agatha Christie radio plays that are just available <laughs> for freebies. This was years ago. This was like many maternity leaves ago. So potentially, uh, they're no longer available.
1: I think that's it. That's it. It is it. Well done. If we so... now into like VPN and YouTube legalities, <laughs> that's it. <laughs>
0: It's not, it's not what the listeners tuned in for. <laughs> that's not what these people signed up for. Apologies from us to you. I'm going to say trash. I won't listen to it again.
1: I'll listen to it again in a very specific, you know how I like pull things off because I'm like, that's my mood. <laughs> It's, it's mood filed, or does I, that mean
0: you treasure it? Is that what we're saying? No, it doesn't mean I'm treasure okay. it,
1: but so it just means that. Do I think it's re-listenable because of the performance? Yes. Do I think the story makes it re-listenable? Hey, hey, no. Okay, hey, hey, hey. I'm gonna. I don't. Gonna ask I don't know. Really <laughs> I don't know, Kimberly.
0: I don't know if I trash it or treasure it. Great, Amy's uh, undecided. So
1: because... that means it leans more towards trash because yeah. Kimberly had a decided vote, She's which pulling me off the fence towards that direction. So, uh, tune in next week. Go on then. <laughs> where Kimberly's going to tell you what we'll do. (laughs) Well, we will bring you more spoiler-free recaps,
0: reviews, and maybe recommendations. Who knows? Maybe Amy won't have any idea how she feels about anything ever. And until then... It's been a long year. (laughs) Happy reading.
1: reading!
0: And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at Trash Or, treasure podcast at outlook.com or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to <laughs> our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's